and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jill Engels, licensed practitioner at the Center for Spiritual Living, White Rock. We are an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in the White Rock, South Surrey area of British Columbia, Canada. We practice and teach tools for transformation, authentic self-expression, and conscious living. Wherever you are on your path, whether you are soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. As we begin our gathering today, I respectfully acknowledge that I live and work on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish First Nations, including Semiamu, Katsi, Stalo, Waisenuk, and Kwatlan Nations who have been stewards of this land since time immemorial. Now let's just settle into our chair for a moment and center our heart and just breathe in this beautiful moment, this moment of quiet and stillness. And I recognize in this moment that love, love, is all there is. And I know that this love is expressed through and as each and every person here today. And I know this love that expresses through each person shows up beautifully and differently and uniquely in each person. Each person brings this beautiful, infinite love forward in this life living it fully, completely, and brilliantly. And I know today it's a gathering of love, a gathering of connection, a gathering of being together. Today we join a beautiful speaker who shares her divine love with each and every one of us today. And we all come together as one, sharing in community, being in community. It is wonderful. It is a wonderful, beautiful experience. And I'm so deeply grateful for this, thankful for it. And I know this to be the truth for all. So I let go of this and I let it be. Please join me in saying, and so it is. And so it is. I am so pleased to introduce our guest speaker today, Reverend Dr. Nadine Rogers. Oh my, it's wonderful to have you back. For those of us who remember, Dr. Nadine took hold of the reins of CSL White Rock as our interim minister from January to October of last year. She did this job beautifully, bringing her vast experience, her compassion, high energy, and love to our community. Dr. Nadine's leadership worked beautifully as we attracted the right and perfect spiritual director, our very own Reverend Cassandra Ray. One of the many attributes Dr. Nadine brought with her is her wild sense of humor, and she has this in spades. Before she became a minister, she was a professional clown for 20 years and opened the first clown school in Canada. This definitely added to her ministry. 
Reverend Dr. Nadine is an active retired minister with the Centers for Spiritual Living. She serves as the chair of the CSL Retired Minister Council, interim ministry, and is soon to begin her new role as interim spiritual leader at Center for Spiritual Living, Parker, Colorado. Welcome, welcome, my dear friend, Reverend Dr. Nadine Rogers. Oh, thank you so much, Jill, and hello to everybody. It's so nice to be back. I'm just going to make sure I'm unmuted. Yes, I am. Nice to see all your faces. Oh, my gosh. I'm coming uh, to you, for those of you who might have just logged on from the not-so-sunny room at the Sylvia Hotel. It's a wonderful uh, statement of, of God expressing. <laughs> as a hotel room this is where we must all be in understanding um, the principles of truth in our lives is being able to see with the eyes of god knowing that god is everywhere present and you know today in this day and age especially with that um, unfortunate announcement that jill made about having to cancel the community picnic is not always that easy to see so um, being that we have been talking um, about freedom this last month, uh, I'm going to speak to you about the Tao of freedom. Um, Eastern and Western faith traditions uh, speak of uh, the concept of freedom. Uh, all faith traditions do. Um, but I find it really interesting that when we take a breath and weave the concepts together, um, such as Ernest Holmes, uh, the author of Science of Mind and Spirit did, we become more aware of the self. And so this is where our energy, or in the Tao or Buddhist tradition, speaks of the chi, needs to be focused. It needs to be focused internally, inwardly, on the self. Now, when I say self, often we make this distinction of the big S, self, which means the essence of self, or the small s self, which means the personality or constructed as an independent or separate person from the collective self. So today we're going to, we're going to also, we have to talk in those terms of duality to kind of move back and see ourselves shifting focus in order to determine or be self-determined where to place that focus. But in truth, self is self. Self is God, God is self, it's all one thing. So within an ever-evolving sense of self, uh, a constant innate desire for freedom is always there. It remains active, doesn't it? We're always searching for that idea of freedom. And it comes in many forms, shapes, and sizes. Um, I find through my life, I often uh, don't observe it when it's actually right in front of me because it's right in me. And so even though it's in me, if I look outside of me and see something that creates me wanting to recoil or uh, withdraw or move away from love, I don't see, I, I don't feel free, and therefore I don't see that my circumstances or conditions in my environment allow me to be free. Well, let's look at the world today. We're quarantined. You know, do our circumstances um, help emancipate us? Do we feel liberated? Do we feel free? Most of the time, not. 
but yet oddly I don't know if you're like me but I've kind of gone you know that part of me that people don't see which is very introverted feels really comfortable to step back and step apart and not have to give myself into life or figure out how I'm going to give myself or how I'm going to make a contribution or how I'm going to make a living. It's like, oh, that's all being taken away from me. Now, if you don't fight that and don't resist against it, which the idea or mindset of fear would have one do, you can kind of relax into that place of it's not smallness or limitedness if you're not resisting it it's quite spatial and you start to breathe differently and see differently and you start to look at a flower because you don't have a whole whole lot else to look at when you're in quarantine or a vegetable i'm growing a vegetable garden and it's like I get lost in the zucchini leaf, you know? It's, um, it's it, my wonder has come back. My awe has come back. And with that, that sense of freedom. Because as Tamara spoke, uh, in the words of Dr. Holmes, you know, when you embrace all things, you're in the center of newness. And with newness comes freedom. So an interesting seeming paradox or juxtaposition right now. But for the sake of today, as we're talking about the Tao of Freedom, <clears throat> it's, it would have us include and embrace all things and see the newness in them, the freshness, the possibility uh, in the terms of science, the mind and spirit, the uh, infinite potential. And when we can do that, we can relax. And we don't feel like we're separated or we don't feel like we have to resist and pull away. We feel like we're one with. And when we're there, we can transcend all the individual conditions that before had us feeling um, less than or resistant to or not a part of. It's really hard to speak dualistically about the one, isn't it? Um, but, you know, Ernest Holmes and many other teachers would have us come to this place of freedom, which is letting go of the self through an act of self-determination. Because the Tao of freedom doesn't really give you that um, opportunity to build on the foundation of self-determination. Uh, or self-choice or free will volition, which Dr. Holmes talks a lot about in his work. It doesn't have us go into the mind, the individual mind. It has us move very far away from using a mind at all. So we become mindless and we become guided by the chi or the energy of life. I need to just stop one sec because it said my battery is one running low. So hold on to that thought. Well, I just checked my input. Okay, everything looks good. Is your cheese still open? <laughs> good. So what we want to do is look at this idea of releasing self 
but not by giving self um, a bad rap, not by uh, saying that what we were in a moment of thought uh, uh, yesterday is less than what we can be today, because God's presence is everywhere, fully orbed, fully formed, fully functional and perfect in its very DNA, whether it was yesterday, today, tomorrow, time is not a matter of, um, of import or essence here. And so as we're forming this idea of self, again, not necessarily essence self or personality self, let's just bring those together and understand that the Tao of freedom is moving away from the self, which means the idea or concept or construct we have of what we think the self is. That's all. Because the self must be there because we are the express individualization uh, of the one unique expressing. And if the unique is all, it needs many avenues um, in which to know itself. So moving away means really expanding upon. It doesn't mean letting go of. Can we look at the idea of freedom coming from expanding upon rather than releasing? Releasing that which no longer serves because it all serves. How do we move to this idea of letting self go by knowing the self because we need to embrace the self? We need to embrace anything in order to accept it. And we can never let anything be what it is until we accept it. And in the acceptance is the freedom. So how do we do that? How do we both go into the self, which is all this complex um, story and experience and life lived and life desired and life feared and all those places in order to know, <clears throat> excuse me, that within it all, the light is the joy is the peace is the infinite possibility is right how do we do that well that is a question for each one of us um, that we each have to answer for ourselves um but you know lao tzu designs and defines rather this idea of the Tao as both infinite and internal and there might be um a bit of an answer there for you as you're thinking about this. He, Lao Tzu, who was a grandmaster, of course, who, who was well known for the Tao teachings, um, says that the Tao or life is eternal because it was, it was never born. And he says that, um, therefore, it can never die. And he says that life is infinite because it has no desire for itself. It has no desire for itself. But, you know, we can't know self and embrace self if we try to get rid of desire. You know, Ernest Holmes in some of his writings would have us understand that desire is a good thing because it helps us grow into something greater, a greater possibility than what has gone before. And that's the natural order of evolution, conscious evolution. Just be aware of the desire don't identify with the desire and don't 
as the Taoists would say, be attached to the outcome of the desire, because then we get stuck in a con construct of self that doesn't expand. And what we want to do to have freedom is expand upon what already exists, not be divided against ourselves, not think dualistically about, oh, this is, you know, this is the essence of self, the soul, and so I'm free in the soul, but when I get into my personality self, you know, when I get this small thinking idea on, I just feel so constricted and I, I, I'm, I'm not serving myself. Everything serves the uh, path of conscious evolution if you are awake and aware of it, and you have free will dis, uh, volition. So that you use the self-determination to point yourself toward sabotage, self-sabotage or constriction or resistant or constraint, or you look at your beautiful environment around you, which is God ising, and focus more on the infinite potential of your own choice and the actuality that you are both existent and non-existent at the same time. Existence because we are free will, a uh, free will um, individual, determining our next thought, our next idea, um, objectively looking or subjectively looking at how we feel, whether we allow these feelings to rise or whether we suppress them. We are absolutely in charge. But non-existent, because of that beautiful mystical nature of life, which is the God that is even bigger than the God of our understanding. That we are not just one with, but that we are. Holmes says that whatever is true of God, because God is everywhere present and lives within, within us and as us and through us, means that's what we are. Whatever is true of God is true of us. So we always have to come back to this basic foundational principle truth. Uh, Holmes says in the glossary of his Science of Mind text, real freedom means that man is created in, Im in the image of perfection and let alone uh, and allowed to make the discovery for himself. And sometimes when we know that that responsibility is what the opportunity of that discovery brings us, um, exists, we feel at loss. We feel confused. Uh, we feel we don't know where to turn sometimes. Um, and we do have this idea that we are responsible, but we like to defer that responsibility to everybody else and everything else that's going on around us when we don't have an answer. When we do have an answer, we feel a little more in the game. When we don't have an answer, we start to separate out. We start to judge. We start to blame. You know, I love the meditation you did, Tamara. You know, it, it just, uh, it moved us into the mind, into the realization through the breath of the body, integrated us completely before you took us on this visualization journey of basically freedom, of letting go what we wanted to let go of and embracing what not only we wanted to have to do, or to be do have, but exactly where we are, because it is all. There is nothing more. 
I remember as a student, science of mind, when they said, you know, there is no past, there is no future, there's only now, and now's as good as it gets. And I thought, where's the door? What do you mean? I am going to be stuck in this environment, in these circumstances. Uh, and I, of course, I learned that it was in my mindset and I was free to shift that at any moment with one thought could lead me out the door that I physically wanted to run through. So we're never, ever, ever stuck. We're, we're in this beautiful space of possibility all the time. I'm just going to check the time, speaking of time. So um, we must know the self to free the self. We must include all the life that is living and expressing within us and without us as the perfect manifestation of universal intelligence. The perfect manifestation of universal intelligence. Stop. If you want to continue the sentence, you might say, as the perfect manifestation of universal intelligence as understood and directed by us, because both are true. So are the directions we give ourselves today the ones we will give tomorrow? Well, maybe, maybe not. Holmes continues to say <clears throat> that we are bound by our very freedom. Our free will is what binds us. Now, the subjective universe being deductive, so it, it only takes in what it takes in. It doesn't have a thought about it. It's responsive. It responds to the impress that our thoughts plus our emotions, or in the Taoist version, our chi, uh, moves into it. And it therefore cannot refuse anything. So the very force, which is the divine law of mind and action, that universal subjective law, that can heal us, by virtue of what we put in our thoughts can also make us sick by what we put into it right so the power i won't say we're pretty powerful i will say that the power lives within us in order to direct as now here comes um merging the individual and and the universal um as we direct the power See, we can direct the power, but we also have to be guided by the power. So we're guided by the power, the infinite wisdom. We listen to the spiritual intelligence rather than our individual uh, intellect, which has, a, um, has conformed and kept itself small by what it believes it knows or what it believes it is, what life is. And we don't often give way to the divine intelligence. So we've got to learn to walk. You know, I've walked all my life with one foot on either side of the fence. And before I thought, well, it's because I can never make up my mind. But you know what, honestly, it's because I saw little grains of truth in everything. Today, I would use the language, I saw God, I saw infinite possibility, but I would never call it God before. Um, that's another story in another talk. Um, but those grains of truth everywhere present all the time. And I didn't want to say this is black and this is white. Oh, and that's another talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
you know, we were we were talking a little bit before about how when things change up and change up, should we come back as large groups once again? It's not going to be an easy progression for us because there's a piece of us that, you know, that little kid piece, that that piece that just wants comfort and wants it easy and and we just want to love and hug and just oh just feel good in our hearts and um, we're going to want to go back somewhat because we remember. It's like those that remember, if not a great childhood or being in a family of origin, might remember, remember suckling at the breast. There's something within us that remembers those places of deep and profound uh, and profoundly satisfying connection. We want them, but we must move forward to find new ways. We can't go back. We have to keep expanding, like the Tao says, expand upon the self into freedom. So we use everything, every story, every experience, every bit of darkness, every bit of pain, every bit of question, every bit of ecstasy, of joy to build upon, to give us that beautiful foundation, because that is the individual self, God knowing itself uniquely by means of us. So in order to know the self, to free the self, um, we, we need to uh, hold, as the Tao would say, divine indifference or non-attachment to outcome so that God may pour its immeasurable good into our experience and that ultimately our manifest experience becomes that evolution to freedom, not from, but in self, not from self, but in self. Take a breath. I need a breath. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Om Hom says, the life within you is God, and whatever is true of God is true of you. So, knowing the self is all about knowing and meeting our needs to release our needs by fulfilling our needs. See, we grow by our needs, and as we grow and expand the idea of who we are, our needs will change. Our values don't often change. They're rather innate and inherent in our spiritual truth. What are they? The need to feel free. The need to feel joyful and feel calm and peaceful. And the need to be able to know love, to experience love, by being loved. These are basic needs. Yes, there is food and shelter. Yes, there is water. But the soul's basic needs are these of which I've described. You know, one of the other key foundational pieces um, in knowing the self is learning to hold the space for the darkness within us to move to light so that it may be transformed. We are our own self-emancipators. We don't need an intermediary. There's nothing to be saved, but there is cobwebs to be cleared, right? And all movement into the experience of wholeness comes through revelation or the revealing of the wholeness that is our innate nature. There can be no healing except through revealing. So self-determination, once again, is a key here. And it points us towards and keeps us focused on spiritual truth as infinite intelligence operating. 
so that conscious evolution as opposed to unconscious evolution is made possible. This is where we feel one with God and one with self. You know, sometimes when you, I mean, if you create a vision board or you do treatment or whatever your spiritual path and practice may be, <clears throat> and you've set this clear intention and you start to see it coming true into your life, into the conditions, aren't you shocked? I'm still shocked. I know how it works. I know how the universal creative process works as is laid out. Uh, in the science of mind and, and other teachings, but I'm always like, oh my God, it works through me. <laughs> it's like this revelation every moment. And I think, Nadine, come on, you know that's how it works, but isn't that exciting? Now, I don't need to feel that excitement every day. Sometimes I need to feel the complete antithesis of that excitement because it makes the excitement that much sweeter. That's the ebb and flow of life. Okay. So all of this involves self-determination to lay down our old thoughts, just to let those expand. Laying them down means expanding. Doesn't mean getting rid of them. But if you keep focusing on those old thoughts or old construct of who you believe you are, they will neutralize that beautiful new chi energy to the manifesting power of our new thought, right? So you need to pair the two together for that sense of individual free will. So our world is made up of not opposition and condition, but sacred complements in spirit. And when we see with the eyes of God or from the high watch, we will look out and we will start seeing what we're seeing as we look in. That we are a beautiful, uh, complex construction, a unique um, representation of beautiful human experience that we have to offer, offer up as we embrace the allness of who we are so that we can give birth to the newness of that infinite idea of that expanded self and feel free in doing so. Walter Starkey, who is the author of all, It's All God, also The Third Appearance, he says, you know, and he wrote these books quite a few years ago. Um, he says, for humanity to move forward into the future, we must become the third appearance. That is a more fully evolved spiritual consciousness and conscious humanity. And the way to do this is through integrating the objective and the subjective. So I am not separate from what I see out there. I don't care if it's Canadian news or US news or something that's happening in a third world country. There is no third world country. There is no US, there is no Canada, there is no borders, there, are, there is no veil. There's no separation between my big S essence self and my small S personality self. It is all one thing. It is God ising. So he knew that. He knew that. And he actually, in his book, he discussed some of the ideas from the scientist Greg Braden, whose research shows that the subjective emotions of a DNA donor has an, a measurable impact on that donor's DNA samples, even when separated in distance. Amazing. 
So we have to close the gap between our divinity and our humanity. As I say, between the objective and subjective and between the consciousness and form. The conscious mind where all things begin anew and the form which is the manifest result through the universal creative process that is happening all the time, the same way equally through each person. So let's eliminate the idea of polarities. Let's eliminate the idea that we are distinct from one another. Now, as I say that, I'm not saying let us not ignore diversity again. It's how do we celebrate diversity and acknowledge it for what it is, love it, see God, accept it, and move ahead in our own life, knowing that there is nothing that separates the diverse expression. Dr. Holmes was a mystic. He found God in the silence. He knew that going within and experiencing God and the deepest part of himself was the only spiritual practice. His spirituality was reflected in his living. He believed he was one with God and he experienced that oneness in all that he did. But as important as the mystical experience was to Dr. Holmes, he also believed that religion had to be applied to everyday life problems. And it was an integral part of the walk of faith. So we need to have that wholeness reflected back to us so that our faith increases as the expanded idea and construct of who and whose we are expands. This is the two faces of the dual nature of God. Let's take a breath. I'm going to close now. I know that we've got a Q&A coming up. Uh, I just wanted to share in the Taoist philosophy, um, again, to summarize, basically, that there is um, uh, an absence of the need for self-determination um, because they think that with self-determination uh, begets desire, constraints, and the feelings of being constrained. Um, the self is not just something given by nature. It's also a self-conception. So we must live with you know, the foot on both sides of the fence. We must understand the self, a determined free will choice self, and that mystical, beautiful essence that is not bound or constrained by anything. The perfect man has no self. What that means is that the perfect man lives without separating himself from the environment. And I know sometimes I run screaming, wanting nothing more to do with news or Facebook or whatever. 
that self-determination that keeps us pointed where we want to be pointed, but not, but, but for a moment, I, there's not a moment there that I feel I'm not aware of what's going on. Sometimes it's good to let it go here because it's here. I feel it. I feel sad. I feel so emotional sometimes. I, I think I'm going to um, be inappropriate with my re reaction or response, or I'm going to say the wrong thing, so I better just back away. Do you feel that sometimes today? That's being true to myself. That's knowing myself, knowing what I need and being responsible to get my needs met. It's not denying any of the facts or what is going on in the world today. It's not being um, not empath empathic or not compassionate. But part of being responsible for our needs is understanding that we carry um, both the weight and the freedom for all people. We cannot separate or hide from that. Um, the true man of ancient times knew nothing of loving life. Listen to this. This is from Lao Tzu. He knew, the true man knew nothing of hating death. He emerged without delight. He went back in without a fuss. He received something and took pleasure in it. He forgot about it and handed it back again. To live like that, one must relinquish the given mind. This is called the fasting of the mind. So we would say, let go of the monkey mind. Forgetting about yourself, the self that we want to hold on to and grab, that identity. Sitting down and forgetting everything. And losing yourself. Which doesn't move you away from or escape from self. It moves you deeper into the truth of self. In it is the empty chamber where brightness is born. Isn't that lovely? In it is the empty chamber where brightness is born. When you can let your mind wander in simplicity, blend your spirit with the vastness, follow along with things the way they are and make no room for personal views, you become completely free. But the idea of concept, uh, the concept of freedom should be found in a synthesis of all things, of duality. For the sake of this talk, uh, in the idea of Taoist freedom, and the idea of uh, Western freedom. The idea concept of freedom should be found in a synthesis of the two. Because the problems at each, and there are problems or restrictions or um, unclarity in each, are so tightly connected with the advantages of the two concepts, or the truth or the light that we can see, even when we're in the dark that they seem to, seem to be two sides, right, of the same coin. And to eliminate one would be to lose the other. So let us know today that we can develop a human wisdom which transcends the wisdom of even the East and West beliefs and cultures. Holmes said, be, be, remain open at the top. He says, I am not religious science, you are. The Tao says, set yourself to be free by expanding self. So if we want to be free, we need to learn to be like water. 
Although soft and yielding, water can wear away the hardest rock in the world. So let's keep our, our hearts soft and our minds open. Water is powerful because it does not resist. And when there is no resistance, there is no draining of energy or change. There's no, you don't get frustrated. The depression may come, but it doesn't stay. There's no fierce struggling or fighting for the defense of the ego. This alone, can you see that this alone, can I see that this alone is a source of great strength? By being yielding, water never has to struggle. It does not resist its path. It simply flows. It lives as what is. Living like water, therefore, gets you to live the real you. And I don't know about you, but I've always paired the idea of being authentic. As being free. And when we're like water, it gives us the composure for searching the deepest end of our inner self. It helps us stay present and enjoy more of what we are and what we have. Living like water is living the Tao, giving us more freedom. So the more power to wear away the rocks in life and stay who we are means include and transcend and be free. I know this is the truth and the blessing for each one of us today as we take in and try on like a new pair of shoes or a great new sweater, this idea of personal freedom found in God. And so I bless you on this journey as I bless myself, as I bless all of those in the world today as one humanity, one world, one life, one heart. And so it is.